You know, I knew the shareholder lawsuits would be coming. If you've been watching this show, I told you Fox News is in a lot of trouble for a whole variety of reasons. <laughs> Not even looking at just the changing landscape we're all dealing with within the media industry. Just looking at what could be coming down the pipeline in terms of shareholder lawsuits. And what do you know? One of them, two of them hit Today, we're going to talk about that and what it means for the company. Plus, ABC, I told you Whoopi wasn't going to be long for the place. ABC News and ABC Network, they are about to be sold. We have gotten word that they're already having preliminary conversations with, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, but this company, they're not going to pay Whoopi the kind of money that she was making. Nor joy, for that matter. So, hey, there's some upside to all of this. Um, we got to talk about Hunter Biden. I mean, for goodness sakes, Hunter Biden. Uh, where, where is everything else? Like, where's the, the, the tax issue? You can just like, not pay your taxes and, and that's all fine somehow? You're only going to get hit with the gun charge? I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. But you see, the White House is putting a lot of pressure on the situation right now. They came out with a 14-page memo telling all the news networks and the reporters that this was nothing but misinformation, that this was like a false indictment. Wow. I mean, this is is like kind of reaching a very strange place, everyone. The president's son doesn't pay his taxes to the tune of two-plus million dollars and uh, seems to have been operating an illegal foreign lobbying organization, never bothered to register, and did so despite... His dad's boss saying, guess what? Family members cannot do this. A- and that's nowhere? That's troubling. That's troubling. We get a lot to talk about today. Plus Mitt Romney, right? Mr. Rom- Mitt Romney's out of there, and Joe Biden's out trying to make a speech on the economy. Again, welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. I am Trish Regan. If you have not subscribed, do me the favor. Make sure you subscribe. It's really important right now, really important right now that you subscribe. You can also get the full audio version of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We're brought to you in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. That's their number. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, go check them out, LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, starting here with this Fox shareholder suit. This was my concern for the company. Now, as you know, I used to work there. Many of you used to watch me there. I had a show on Fox Business at 2 o'clock and then at 8 o'clock at night. And we covered a lot of business and a lot of politics and a lot of markets and a lot of policy as it relates to markets and the economy. It was a pretty good little show. Anyway... I I say this because, one, you should know sort of my background. I can tell you I have no axe to grind with these people. I have a lot of friends that still work there. And in a certain sense, of course, I wish them well, especially from the sort of diversity of news standpoint. We need a lot of different outlets out there. I, I firmly believe that. We need as many players as we can possibly get because it's so critical that we get the truth. And it gets really hard, right? The bigger these companies get, the more pressure is on them, whether it be from the White House. The White House, as I said, out with a 14-page memo, putting all kinds of pressure on the likes of Fox and many other networks. And um, because, you know what? We need to be able to to hear what's real. And and hopefully some network somewhere or some individual journalist or commentator like me is giving you that. Again, subscribe. And so I, I say this from, you know, a place where, look, I, I, uh, I certainly have no love lost for them. I certainly am thrilled I'm not there. I mean, can you imagine right now? It's got to be a bad day there with all these lawsuits. I mean, they had the Dominion thing. They got Smartmatic hanging over their head. And now they're getting hit by shareholder lawsuits in the state of Oregon. They're suing. And then New York City pension funds are suing. And I will bet you anything there could be a whole lot more. I mean, one of the questions they're going to ask themselves is, are they going to still be in business? Can Fox be in business when they have this much litigation? A lot of you are like, oh, it doesn't matter on the whole Dominion front. It won't matter because guess what? Their insurance company pays for it. But will their insurance company pay for it in light of what these shareholders are now alleging, which is that there's no management there and the place kind of stinks? Right. And this is the byproduct of it. We'll get into the particulars of the case. But look, I mean, if you don't run your news organization and you got everybody chasing ratings because that's what corporate, i.e. 
Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch seemed to want, and the board, Paul Ryan, he was on the board. Don't forget, they're going after the board here. It's very, very interesting. They're going after all these board members, as well as some executives. But in that case, if you're not getting the right message from the top, and you're the producer producing a show, and you're, you know, you just need, you need ratings because you need profits, then clearly there's something missing, right? Because, hey, we all want to rate for sure, but you also have to be ethical and you have to be true to yourself and you have to make sure that you, you double check everything. So what shareholder lawsuits will try and prove, and in some cases, you know, they're already helped by some of the things that the judge said in the Dominion case, they're going to try and prove that basically the Fox board members, we're talking Paul Ryan, we're talking the Murdochs, they're going to say that these guys basically just just threw out the window any kind of sense of responsibility. In fact, I'll quote from one of the lawsuits right here, in which they accused the media company of having chosen to, quote, invite robust defamation claims with potentially huge financial liability and potentially larger business repercussions rather than disappoint the viewers of Fox News. This is according to an excerpt that's in the complaint by the state of Oregon. So, you know, look, there's a lot that's already been discovered and that's already out there as a result of the Dominion lawsuit. And so one of the big questions comes down to what do people really believe and what were they saying? So if they believe one thing, but they were doing something else and no one was running the place, i.e. managing the place, not even that guy, Viet Dean, who's, oh, by the way, the, the, the one who was helpful in the Patriot Act, right, during the Bush administration, he was like their head honcho lawyer making some 10 million bucks a year. He got quite a nice little parachute too, $5 million for two years to just hang on as a consultant. Anyway, they got rid of him, understandably, because it was under him being their top legal guy that they wound up having a nearly $800 billion suit. And now the Smartmatic company is suing for like $2.6 billion. So this is going to get worse. 2.7, forgive me, $2.7 billion lawsuit. And what you're hearing, at least from the New York City Comptroller, is that there's a lack of journalist standards there. And proper strategy to mitigate defamation has clearly harmed Fox's reputation and threatens their bottom line and long-term profitability. He says Fox's board of directors... That would be Paul Ryan, the Murdochs, etc., has blatantly disregarded the need for journalistic standards and failed to put safeguards in place despite having a business model that invites defamation litigation. So, I mean, I've said this from the beginning. It was one of the reasons why I was sort of surprised that they went forward and that they settled that Dominion suit because I'm like, whoa, you are opening Pandora's box, buddy, <laughs> right? Like now everyone and their cousin is going to come in and now everybody can say, well, the place was not well managed. And by the way, they're right. It was not well managed. Because if it was well managed, none of this would have all been an issue. I mean, they, the place was kind of just a free for all until they, you know, they're like, all right, you've gone too far. Off with their head. <laughs> right? I mean, think about how many people you know that are no longer there. I think we're all like, whew, thank goodness. Because what a miserable place to be, and it's going to get more miserable. Listen, management is everything, especially in a news organization. And unfortunately, you don't have people that command the right kind of respect, and you got a lot of big personality anchors. I mean, I wouldn't wish this job on anyone, trust me. But you've got a woman who started, you know, it's a wonderful story, really, really wonderful story. She started out as a secretary, worked her way up to Greta Van Susteren's producer, and uh, went on to become the CEO of the company. And her sidekick is a producer that, you know, started out at a very low level and also did many, many years there. Wonderful, wonderful, great success stories, except that the place is not successful. I mean, you can tell me they're winning in the ratings, but I'll tell you this as an investor, I don't even care. Because I don't trust the organization itself. And just like these shareholders are alleging, there could be a whole lot more in the way of problems. I mean, their answer is to get rid of Viet Dean. They abruptly announced his departure in August. He was the chief legal officer making some 10 million bucks a year. And uh, I mean, clearly, there was no legal strategy. So he's gone. Dominion settled for a ton. Smartmatic is 
in the midst of its lawsuit, and then there's there's more stuff. I mean, they've got all kinds of defamation claims, Epps, for example. Then there was uh, Abby Grossberg, who basically accused them of, like, trying to change her story for the Dominion settlement, and she got $12 million bucks. So there's, like, a whole bunch of these things, and I'm not surprised. I mean, again, I think when you have a vacuum of leadership, as they do, you're going to run into problems. Now, in terms of that vacuum of leadership, this is going to be one of the things they hide behind, or at least they tried to hide behind. Remember during the whole Dominion thing, they didn't want Rupert, you know, the, what is he, 93 years old now, the old guy to have to get up there and testify. Well, he did. He spoke to them, and boy, his testimony was just all over the place. He, he was like pulling a Joe Biden, like, you know, meandering, wandering around, implicating himself. I mean, it was disaster. I actually felt for their PR department. I'm like, wow. All right, you guys have your hands full. So Rupert's out there. He admits that, you know, he could have stopped this stuff, but he didn't. So the lawyers, wonderful set of people that they are, the lawyers tried to say, well, that's okay because Rupert doesn't have anything to do with the business. He's not involved at all, which I can tell you. I mean, I work there. That's not true. So they, um, they, they, they tried to, got a little preview there, by the way, for anybody watching on video. We just saw a little uh, preview of the Hunter Biden indictment that was just filed. We'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to show you about the whole episode with trying to pretend that Rupert Murdoch didn't have anything to do with Fox and its news cycle, which is totally untrue. I mean, look again, how many years did I work there? five years or so. It was like 2000 and uh, I, I can't even, it's, it's, I'm choosing to just like let it leave my head. Right? <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that he did have a lot to say. In fact, we heard regularly, well, Rupert's doing this, Rupert's that, Rupert didn't like this, Rupert liked that. So he was watching, he was always watching. We knew that. And I was told by executives there, you know, Rupert called in, Rupert wants us to do this. Rupert wants us to do that. So to say that he wasn't involved would be a massive stretch. I think he was super involved. I think the advantage of the old team, the old management, uh, which would have been Roger Ailes, who built the place and went down in flames, he knew how to manage and he knew how to protect executives, talent, et cetera, from some of the just onslaught or mercurial ideas of Rupert. And then you get new management in that didn't have the same kind of leadership skill, and that became more difficult and more challenging. So I think you saw a lot of talent, you know, trying to take the bull by the horns and thinking they were maybe doing the right thing, and then they weren't. But there was no one there to kind of guide them and tell them, and there were no standards. So the lawyers for Fox, this is wild, they actually had to apologize because they tried to pretend that Rupert Murdoch had nothing to do with the news division. And they wound up apologizing to the judge presiding over that case because, yeah, you know what? He did. He did have a lot to do with it. They had to later reveal that, you know what? Rupert was pretty involved. What do you know? Those lawyers for you, huh? Anyway, I think they got a problem. And I'll tell you, I think we need diversity in the news business. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to see Newsmax doing so well. I'm so excited that you're all here and that we're able to have these discussions. We're able to talk very openly, very honestly. This is a live show. Again, I appreciate your patience today because we've had so much breaking news, so many things going on. Biden speaking. We've got of course, the indictment that just happened. We want to get to all of this and some news on, on ABC that might actually might cheer you up because then you won't have to see Whoopi anymore or Joy, I think. Anyway, we'll get to all of that. But really and truly, this is an issue right now for Fox News because not only are they struggling with this changing media landscape in that all kinds of things are happening. You're coming here. I'm looking at you live. Craig, thank you so much. Very nice comments. Fabricio, good to see you here. I see a lot of people and some new faces. Um, if, Robert, welcome to the program. Jeff, uh, I'm glad that you don't miss them. I, I don't miss them either. Willie, again, good to see you, my friend. So listen, Fox has to deal with the fact that things are changing. People are coming to streaming networks. I don't think they know how to do that. I don't think they're equipped to do that in part because guess what? They're a cable business and they're being paid big money by the cable companies. So why would you change? Right? Like you don't need to change because it's a business until it's not. 
I mean, I, I think the days of big anchors with big payouts are going to be pretty much gone. And that's because it will be a different sort of business. If you're a big enough deal, you can come right over here, right? You can hang out a shingle, <laughs> say, hey, I got a YouTube channel and I have a podcast. And guess what? You're going to do great. Really? I mean, much better. I guarantee you, Tucker Carlson, not to mention not dealing with the headaches, is doing way better with his little Twitter show, right? Which is not so little, as huge, than he would have been doing on Fox. Plus, he owns it. And there's something to be said for that, I certainly think. Anyway, so they have to deal with all this change that's going on within the industry. Well, simultaneously now, lawsuit after lawsuit. So don't forget, Smartmatic is still out there. And then you get these shareholder lawsuits. Now, in the case of these two little ones, in Fox's defense, I would say they are little ones because they had small positions in the company. And it's Oregon and it's New York City. So we know they have some biases and we know that they really don't want something like Fox News in business. And so, again, you know, even if you hate them and I get it, a lot of you do. <laughs> I don't watch them anymore either. But that said, you know, there is a bias in terms of the New York City Pension Department and Oregon, et cetera. And they're coming at this lawsuit, not just because they want to look out for shareholders, but because, of course, they want to do everything they can to harm Fox News. You have a group that's lobbying right now to try and get them off the airways, saying that they don't have a right to these airways on their local stations because of what happened with Dominion. There's a lot of pressure on them right now. And I think instead of like abating, it's actually going to get worse and worse because you're going to start to see some really significant shareholder lawsuits. Now, it may be a situation where they're like, okay, let's wait and see what happens with Smartmatic, that $2.6 billion one. I'm watching it in the market today. You know, this is a company that's primarily held by the family. Roughly 60% of shares, outstanding shares, are held by the Murdoch family itself. But there is a 40% float. And interestingly, the stock actually went up. Maybe, maybe the family did some buying today. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's interesting and a little bit surprising that the stock went up. I look at it, and I, I as an investor anyway, to be perfectly honest, would be extraordinarily cautious. I could be wrong, but I would be cautious in part just because this is a company that is experiencing so much change and so much turmoil. And that's going to linger. And I'd add in, and I just say this, this is my, my own personal belief, that they don't have decent management. And that as long as you are running this sort of insane asylum with, you know, people running around doing this, that, and the other, and yet then simultaneously getting scolded, right, because you're not allowed to do this, that, and the other. You're not allowed to say what you think. Uh, by the way, maybe they, maybe they think something else. We don't really even know, to be frank. I mean, as a viewer, you don't even know what hosts on Fox News think anymore because they're, they're in this really bad situation. And I suspect at some point Rupert Murdoch is going to have to pull the cord and just say, Suzanne, sorry, it's been nice, and here's a nice payout. Right. I mean, if Viet Dean gets 10 million bucks a year and a five million dollar payoff, he ought to be able to do something for Suzanne and maybe the same thing for Jay Wallace. I, I hope so. They have families. I, I think that, you know, their intentions were probably fine. They're just way out over their skis. Again, not an easy job. Not. OK, there's a reason they call them talent. Right. These these opinion makers. Everybody's got a very, very big ego. And on top of that, you factor in Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and the Biden administration breathing down your back. You got to be one heck of a manager to be able to take all that on. And I, I don't think they have anybody that can do it. I really don't. All right, let's turn to another company that's in the news and about to see a lot of change. I told you months ago, as soon as I heard this from Mr. Iger, Bob Iger there over at Disney, he's the other Bob, right? The Bob that came back to try and save the company. But given that he's almost as liberal as the first Bob, or I guess that would be the second. So this is, <laughs> you had Bob 1.0, Bob 2.0, and now original Bob is back in the spot. So original Bob went on CNBC well, back in June. And let me play for you what he had to say about 
ABC and Legacy Network. I mean, he has a very different attitude than the Fox executives because he knows he needs to cut his cords, right? The, the ABC and even ESPN and that traditional broadcast network, it's done. It's totally done. So what he wants to do is shift more and more into streaming. I mean, it's not so easy because people keep dropping their Disney subscriptions, and we've seen that reflected in all of their numbers. But he wants to kind of synthesize and focus on what he needs to focus on, which is really not good news for the ladies at The View, right? This one in particular. Oh, there is breaking news. Uh, we just uh, learned that you know who has received a letter from special counsel Jack Smith notifying him that he's a target <clears throat> in the DOJ's grand jury probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Lawmakers are reacting. Let's see the clip. <laughs> Former President Trump has done... Okay, so she's just a little too excited, right? Well, anyway, that excitement is going to be short-lived because, I don't know, I mean, maybe she's got a 10-year contract and whoever buys ABC is going to be on the hook for this one. But what's going to happen is it's going to be sold to another player, maybe Nexstar. We got word today that Nexstar and Disney have been in discussions. There are some estimates maybe the company would be worth about $4 billion. It produces the view, of course. So if Nexstar buys it, what they're going to do is they're going to look at it and they're going to say, we're going to ride this until we can't anymore. Cable's still a profitable business, super profitable, as long as you don't have big name talent like Whoopi or Joy getting paid so much, right? So you're going to just have to slim the place down and rethink how you're running it. Bob Iger knows this. It's why he wants to get rid of these businesses. Watch, here he is in June on CNBC with David Faber talking about how he's going to change. Transformative work is dealing with businesses that are no growth businesses and what to do about them, and particularly the linear business, which we are expansive in our thinking about, and we're going to look expansively about opportunities there because clearly it's a business that is going to continue to struggle. Well, let's stop there for a second then and just and let me ask you about it. Um, we're talking, I guess, ABC, the network, the, the stations, but then the cable networks as well. Yes, correct. FX, uh, Nat Geo. Is it possible you would look to sell them? We're going to be expensive. I think if you can, you can interpret what that word means. You know. ah, well, I told you back then. We knew what it. We knew them what it meant. It meant we're going to be expensive. We're going to sell them. Okay, so he wants to sell. He wants to divest ABC, which produces and owns the View. So all those big salaries for the likes of Whoopi and Joy, bye-bye, bye-bye. Again, next are communications. This has been leaked. Bloomberg first reporting this, that they were in talks. Uh, they've been ongoing for Disney. There will probably be some other suitors out there. I wouldn't, ex I wouldn't be surprised to see some private equity. Forgive me, actually, uh, some, um, yes, some private equity. I mean, you, you might actually see some PE players in this space because they'll say, wait a second. We can take this, we can slim it down, we can run it really efficiently, we can get rid of all these big, expensive people and create a new kind of business that will last for a while. It'll last until it doesn't last, kind of like Fox News, which again is why, like, I just say things are changing really rapidly and very quickly. And from my perspective, I would just say this, it would be really nice if we could have more players, right? And maybe it doesn't have to be in cable, it's here, right? You're all here, thank you for being here again. But you can be here, I think we need more diversity of opinion because right now there is an effort underway to really just squash one entire side and that would be probably the side you're on if you're watching my show. For example, you have the White House now out with a 14-page memo trying to just make this entire story about Hunter and his dad, Joe Biden, and any potential money that was going back and forth between those guys and any sweet deals that they were doing around the world, they want that to go away. They're calling it fake news. They're calling this a fake impeachment. And they've sent out their minions onto, of course, CNN to make sure that people know, you know, this is just bogus. They know, of course, that the more people hear about this, the more they're going to get concerned. And so they don't want you to hear about it or they want you to hear first that it's just misinformation. Well, it's not misinformation. I've been through the bank records for goodness sakes. I've shown some of them to you. I mean, how is it that a guy whose biggest claim to fame was he had, a, he had to get kicked out of the military for drugs? I mean, how is he getting an $83,000 a month board job? Nobody gets an $83,000 a month board job. 
over in Ukraine. Why is there nearly $20 million that was put into his accounts that we've seen? Why is NBC News reporting that $11 million went to Hunter Biden's accounts just from Ukraine alone? I mean, that is a lot of money. And we have to ask the next logical step. I mean, for goodness sakes, they, they went after Trump on a whole lot less. I do recall a, a fake dossier that was actually opposition research. So they went all the way with that thing. And yet they don't even want to bother to investigate the FD-1023 that they tried to hide, that Chuck Grassley finally got his hands on, that suggested that, yeah, indeed, there was a little there there between Hunter and Dad. And according to that source, who was a highly trusted human source who'd worked in the Obama administration, there's some 17 tapes, he said, or she said, forgive me, we don't know the source, some 17 tapes of Joe Biden apparently negotiating this whole thing. It's like, you know, mobster city. Anyway, the media, the media isn't supposed to report on this because you know what? They don't want you to. In fact, you might be in trouble if you report on it. Because don't forget, according to the president from just a few minutes ago when he spoke, it is in fact Republicans through these actions that are putting our entire democracy at risk. Listen. For all the time they spend attacking me and my plan, here's what they never do. They never talk about what they want to do. No, no. Think about it. They tell you what they're against. What are they for? It's like they want to keep it a secret. I don't blame them. Well, today I'm going to, I'm going to talk about their plans. Look, we're going to talk about the MAGA Republican economic plan. And by the way, this is not your father's Republican Party. This is a different deal, all kidding aside. We've all worked with Republicans on the other side over our careers and become good friends, honest, decent people. Disagree like hell with them, but they were, but they were in the deal. They thought the institutions mattered. They thought it mattered. Well, guess what? Our democracy is at risk because I don't think they do think it matters anymore. Yeah, you just keep saying that, right? And the more you keep saying that, the more pressure you put on news organizations and others to totally squash and suppress one side of the story. I mean, heck, you guys did it. 51X spooks. Bunch of hacks came out and said, oh, Hunter Biden laptop. That's just misinformation. I do remember that letter, don't you? I mean, you even had the former deputy director of the CIA, for goodness sakes, saying it was nothing but a bunch of misinformation. Rudy Giuliani was being fed from the Russians when, in fact, no, the FBI and the IRS were investigating Hunter Biden for all the things that they don't want us to talk about right now. Well, I find that kind of troubling. And you know what else? The reason they don't want us to talk about it is because the more we talk about it, the more people might just actually believe it. Let me share with you a poll that came out like two days ago on CNN and you see the reporter here describing how the majority of the country does think there's a little there there. Watch. We're talking about Danny here at the time when he was vice president, right? Whether Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings at the time he served as vice president. Overall, if you look here, 61 percent of Americans think Joe Biden was involved. You can see partisanship drives this, right? Obviously, nearly all Republicans, 90% believe that. This has been a major storyline and talking point on Fox News and elsewhere. 64% of independents believe that Biden was involved in Hunter's business dealings. 28% of Democrats. And I want to show you, of that 61% overall there that believe uh, he had dealings, 42%, Dana, think that Joe Biden acted illegally when he was vice president in those business dealings. Uh, 38% say not involved, 18% said he acted unethically, but not illegally. But that is a significant number as well. Yeah, yeah, it is significant when 61% of the country thinks that your son did something kind of bad and that maybe you were involved. So you see the White House is now going into the war room, (laughs) effectively. And they're like, okay, we got to get a handle on this. Well, how do we get a handle on this? Well, first of all, we need to change the narrative. So let's send out a threatening letter saying, okay, here's 14 pages, and we're just going to go through their points one by one. I read the entire thing, and none of it fully refutes anything. 
I mean, it is not misinformation that there's an FT 1023. That exists. What I would say is somebody's got to go and talk to the CEO and the CFO of Burisma and talk again to the human source with whom the FBI conducted that interview and get more information. So you can tell me all day long, Joe Biden and company, that no, there's no evidence of any financial records in terms of anything going direct into Joe Biden's account. But heck, why would there be? I mean, I know he's dumb, but hopefully he's not that dumb. Right? He's not that dumb. No, you just you send it everywhere else. You see, you get a few things that you might call a smoking gun. You get that text. Remember that text from Hunter Biden to his daughter, Naomi, saying, hey, you know what? It's not easy taking care of this family. I wish I got a little respect. I've been doing this, financially providing for the last 30 years. But here's the good news, hon, basically. You won't have to give me 50% of everything you earn like Pop does to me. So that's one. And then you get that other little text where he's like sending a threatening message. My dad and I are sitting here and we're wondering why Zhang, this is his contact over in China, who actually had some affiliation with the CCP. Hey, why you haven't sent the money? That money better be there or I'm going to make sure the guy I'm sitting next to, i.e. my dad, and everyone he knows, knows just how awful you are. Okay, so you get a few things that actually would be concerning. But the White House doesn't want you to know that, which is why Karine Jean-Pierre refuses to take questions on this. And Mr. Ian Sams is over on his favorite network. Well, one of them. I'm sure he likes MSNBC better. He just has to, he has to go on CNN because they're taking a little more convincing, apparently. And he says this. Well, again, I think this is part of the right wing's misinformation machine to try to confuse people uh, about what the truth is. The truth is that the president, as he has said publicly for years, uh, calls his family every day to check in. He calls his son every day to check in. He calls his other family members to check in to see how they're doing. He loves them. They're, they're a tight knit family. And what the GOP's own witness testified in this case is that that's exactly what the president was doing. He was checking in with Hunter during a particularly hard time, I might add, a time where the family was going through uh, Hunter's brother Bo's illness. Uh, and of course, the president checks in with his son and talks to him. But again, so it's there for just misinformation if you want to suggest anything else. God help you. God help you if you do. Well, apparently, some of these news organizations got the memo because everyone on CNN after that letter went out yesterday, they keep saying, that this is a flimsy case and, you know, there's no there there and this, that and the other. And then, of course, you had the AP coming out with their brand new poll. Don't forget, the poll I just showed you showed that 61% of Americans say they think something happened there with Hunter and Joe Biden. Well, a day later, right after the White House says, hey, 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 guys, you're out of line. Look what happens. You get this poll. Americans sharply divided over whether Biden acted wrongly in son's business. Sharply divided. Wow. And then, you know, you read this and they don't actually give you sort of the overall number like like CNN did. They just tell you 66 percent of Republicans and just 7 percent of Democrats are concerned about this, extremely concerned. Should we go and just hear a little teeny clip from that CNN one again? Because again, they're saying something totally different, but this was before the memo went out. Remember, this was before the White House said, do not. We're talking about Danny here, the time when he was vice president, right? Whether Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings at the time he served as vice president. Overall, if you look here, 61% of Americans think Joe Biden was involved. You can see partisanship drives this, right? Obviously, nearly all Republicans, 90% believe that. This has been a major storyline and talking point on Fox News and elsewhere. 64% of independents. You see, they want to say it's just a right-wing conspiracy. Nothing to see here. Just right-wing nonsense. Unless maybe it's not. Maybe this is how some politicians make money. Maybe this is why President Obama said no more lobbying, said to everyone in his administration, your family members cannot lobby. Didn't stop Joe and Hunter. Apparently, they talk every day, and yet somehow father forgot to tell son that the boss says no more lobbying, or maybe he did. 
which was why Hunter never bothered to register as a foreign lobbyist. And so long as you're not bothering to register as a foreign lobbyist, then guess what? You don't need to pay your taxes. And while you're at it, who needs to actually disclose that you're addicted to drugs when you go and buy a firearm? <laughs> I, I mean, how does this happen? Your father is in a major political position. Your father doesn't believe in firearms. And yet, not only do you have one, you violate every rule and you're on drugs when you get one. I mean, this is just incredible to me. So you know what happens? People, they start to say, who do we trust? Who do we trust? This happened a lot, right? You think about during COVID and how people really started to become more reluctant about the, bureau, the, the bureaucracy that was trying to govern us, about what you could, could not say, you know, all the nonsense about the mask. For, first, Fauci's like, you don't need them. You don't need them. He went on 60 Minutes with Dr. John LaPook and said, nah, you don't need them. And then the next thing you know, he's like, you need two. So people are like, come on. Then there's this story. The CIA allegedly bribed people in its own COVID-19 origin team to reject lab leak theory. This is according to some anonymous whistleblower claims. CIA totally denies this. But again, we start saying, well, who do you trust? Because these people just keep lying to us and lying to us and lying to us. And guess what? There was somebody who was onto this. Way back when, we're talking 1990, somebody who noticed the media had a very big problem with the truth. Watch. Well, the new book is entitled Surviving at the Top. There are many people who would say failing at the top. Well, I think what the press uh, has done is taken a situation where they see something and blown it to kingdom come. I've never seen anything like it. Whether it's a marriage, by the way, or whether it's financial, I've never seen press reporting as I have with regard to me. And I hope the general public understands how inherently dishonest the press in this country is. That was Donald Trump back in 1990 speaking to the now deceased Barbara Walters, who was actually the founder, by the way, of The View. She was the one who came up with the idea for that show. And at one point in time, it actually was like a real show where they talked about real issues and you didn't hear people shouting over each other and only having one point of view. Right. There were multiple views on The View. Not the case anymore. Just a really awful show. It'll be good when that goes away. <laughs> Trust me. Very, very good. Anyway, he made the point even as far back as then. What many Americans don't understand is how the media has effectively become a huge business, right? A huge, very profitable, very influential business. And so everybody kind of has their hand out somewhere along the way. And these corporations, they're doing the bidding of their advertisers. They're doing the bidding of whoever's there in D.C. I mean, don't tell me that Fox isn't just a little bit worried about getting taken off the air altogether, given that there is that lobbying group led by some never, never Trump Republicans. You had Chuck Schumer just, just a few days, actually, before Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News, out there giving some grandstanding speech about how Fox News and Tucker Carlson are what is wrong with America. And then there was some similar rhetoric from, I believe it was Nancy Pelosi. Now, I, I stand corrected. It was AOC. We'll have to pull those clips for you guys. AOC, who said something quite similar there on none other than Jen Psaki's show. So there is certainly pressure, right? Pressure, whether it be from advertisers, whether it be from corporations, whether it be from government itself for these news organizations to toe the line. And it's always been that way. And Donald Trump knew that way back when. And he knows that now. And now, like, all of us are just sort of cluing into it, too. I mean, look, I've, I've had a upfront seat to all of it in my career. And I will tell you that I repeatedly am almost hurt by the bias, right? Because I think we go into this, certainly I did, for the right reasons. And you want to be a journalist and you want to find the truth and you want to dig and you want to learn and you want to help explain. And then it turns out that you get a door shoved in your face every time you dig just a little too deep. Well, 
I don't want this door being shoved in my face or in your face. I'm tired of Joe Biden and his minions trying to say that we're the problem. We're not. We're just asking the right questions. The problem is these are questions that they don't want us to ask. You know, let me, let me go back to Joe because, again, he's speaking today trying to tell us how great the economy is. It's a bunch of nonsense, by the way, for the record. Inflation up 3.7%. It's actually up 16%. Apples to apples basis since he came into office. We have the highest poverty levels now since Joe Biden came to office. Thank you very much, Uncle Joe. All that spending, you know, it catches up with you. That's why you have inflation. That's why you're struggling. This economy is not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. And even though you want to tell us we're the prettiest girl at the dance because, whoa, we have less of a problem than, say, Europe, which is today, actually, ESB had to, uh, ECB had to raise rates again over there. Well, you know, we still, we got real issues. We got real, real issues. And there's a lot of people that are very concerned for the future. If you're one of them, quick shout out again. I'll put the number and I'll put the link in the show notes, but LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles Thorngren over there runs the place. You've probably met him on the show. Really good guy. And they can help guide you if you're interested in investing in gold or silver to try and mitigate some of the inflation that's here. But it's here. And even though Joe tries to say Bidenomics is working, it's like you guys can just keep saying that and saying that and saying that, but it doesn't make it true. For all the time they spend attacking me and my plan, here's what they never do. They never talk about what they want to do. No, no. Think about it. They tell you what they're against. What are they for? It's like they want to keep it a secret. I don't blame them. <laughs> well, today I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about their plans. Look, we're going to talk about the MAGA Republican economic plan. And by the way, this is not your father's Republican Party. This is a different deal, all kidding aside. We've all worked with Republicans on the other side over our careers and become good friends, honest, decent people. Disagree like hell with them, but they were but they were in the deal. They thought the institutions mattered. They thought it mattered. Well, guess what? Our democracy is at risk because I don't think they do think it matters anymore. Okay, so that's the line. That's what they're going to keep going with. You know, he may be referring to Mitt Romney. We'll get to Mitt Romney in just a second, who announced his retirement and kind of encouraged even Joe Biden to look at retirement as well. But Joe Biden asked, what are they really for? He also said this is not your grandfather's Republican Party. I do believe that he stole that line from the Republicans who keep saying this is not your Democrat. This is not your grandfather's Democrat Party, which is totally true. I mean, for goodness sakes, Gavin Newsom voting to give every black in California $5 million and forgive all debt and give health insurance for life. Like, that's their solution? I mean, wow, that is definitely not your grandfather's Democrat Party that was looking out for everyday working Americans. It actually wanted to maybe find real solutions. Like, how how do we help pockets of America? that are disenfranchised? How do we make sure that they have better schools and that they have two parents in a house? Maybe we look at tax policy and we try and actually encourage things like marriage because guess what? One of the biggest predictors of someone going to college and having further economic success in life is growing up in a two-parent household. But they, they don't care about that stuff. No, you know, you look at the minority population in America since the 1960s, ever since they introduced so many of these policies. And, and I'll tell you, We have seen a steady decline. They don't care about actually fixing things. They'd rather just give out handouts and buy votes. So it's definitely not your grandfather's or your father's Democratic Party. As for what are Republicans for, I think it's pretty simple. Get out of our life. Stop trying to interfere with my kids. Stop trying to tell him he's a her or a they, right? I mean... This is getting a little psychotic. When you tell me it's okay if you just suddenly feel like a girl and you're going to compete against all the women in the swimming races, I mean, wow. And that somehow we need to protect that one person that feels like he's a girl today, that is out on a limb. That is not your grandfather's Democrat Party, shall we say. But he might have been referring a little bit to Mitt Romney. So as you probably know, Mitt Romney has announced his retirement. Let's play a quick excerpt right here, and, and we'll take down a, a little little walk down uh, memory lane here. Mitt Romney announcing his retirement from, po- from politics. We wish Nancy 
Pelosi would take the cue, and Biden as well. Studies to save the Great Salt Lake. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now, we face critical challenges, mounting national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. Neither President yeah. Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront. OK, so he, he goes on to say, you know, guys, give it up. All right, I'm giving it up. You might as well give it up, too. Look, Mitt Romney, he never kind of felt comfortable in his own skin. Remember when he was running and, like, the press would make fun of him because they thought he was too wealthy? I mean, he ought to have turned around and said, hey, guess what? You know what? I'm the guy that built Staples, you know, the office supply store. I'm the guy that did this, 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 and this. I've built corporations. I've turned around corporations. I know how to do that. I can turn around America. And instead, he tried to pretend like he didn't have any money and he wasn't successful. And you know what? Americans, they don't like that, right? Because they actually respond to authenticity. They really do, which was why Donald Trump, I said it in 15, it was the day he walked down that escalator. He's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at all my, you know, fancy, my fancy building. He'd do an interview in his very gold apartment, very proud of everything he had achieved. And guess what? He should be proud. Everyone should be proud of anything we've achieved. That is the American way. We don't need to hide it. Thank you very much. And so here was Donald Trump, you know, really just embracing his wealth and showing America, look, I did it. I can help this country so that hopefully you can one day do this too. So that was a very, very different approach. It was a more authentic approach. And again, authenticity, I'm telling you, this is the number one thing right now. We live in a television era. And when you see Mitt Romney doing this little hot dog stint, you know, you, you just kind of cringe, don't you? Because it doesn't feel authentic. Watch. Well, as you all know, today is National Hot Dog Day. And uh, perhaps you also know that hot dog is my favorite meat. I love hot dogs. Uh, I love them in buns. I love them outside of buns. I love them with baked beans. I just like hot dogs. It's the best, you know, best meat there is without question. So to all of you who, like me, are celebrating uh, National hot, hot Dog Day, uh, congratulations to you. And may there be many, many more hot dogs served in our wonderful land. Oh, great. You know, we all love hot dogs, right? <laughs> Nothing more American than hot dogs and baseball, hamburgers, too. <laughs> I mean, but really, you know what that is? That's one of his staffers saying, hey, you know, we got to get with it on the social media front. Let's do something. It's National Hot Dog Day because Facebook gave us an alert that says, guess what? It's National Hot Dog Day. And I don't know, maybe Romney gets a, a handout from, from the Hot Dog Association of America. I don't know what that was, but it was just not good, right? Like it was so unbelievably awkward. And it's kind of a shame because he at one point had interesting ideas. I don't know as I agreed with all of them, but very interesting ideas. And he was the guy who basically called it, right? Who said to Obama, you're going to have an issue with Russia. Obama said, take your 1980s foreign policy back. But guess what? Mitt Romney was correct. Mitt Romney was correct. And Obama stupidly did a whole series of things that one could argue might have put us in the situation we're in today. I mean, I still think we shouldn't be in that situation, and there's plenty of things that we could be doing to get out of it, but that's not happening. That's not happening because you know what? I don't know. I'm just going to say this. I'm troubled by the money Ukraine was sending to the sun, as is Kevin McCarthy, as is hopefully every American. I don't think that this should be a partisan issue, and I don't appreciate being told that we're not supposed to talk about this or look at this because maybe it's politically not so expedient for Joe Biden and the Democrats. Eyewitnesses have testified that the president joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his sons and his sons' business partners. 
We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a Okay. And by the way, you know, as we talk about authenticity, he doesn't have it either. <laughs> I mean, that was like, how, how many times did he practice that? You can hear the cadence in the voice and everything. I don't know, maybe that's just how he talks. I watch interviews with him. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, can I be asleep yet? Look, I, I think all the way around, we got a substandard cast of characters in Washington, D.C., but that substandard, for whatever reason, has worked for decades. And I mean decades, right? Joe Biden's been there 50 years. You got Nancy Pelosi, who won't give it up at 80-some-odd years old. You got Dianne Feinstein, who's really ailing. You got the guy, Federer, who, my gosh, like, here we are, like, all worried about mental health. Like, give the guy a break. Let him retire gracefully. Poor Mitch McConnell, with whatever's going on there, I mean, we have an ancient and ailing crew on both sides. And actually, you know, say what you want about Trump. The guy actually seems like he's with it a whole lot more than some of these other folks, for sure. But again, it comes back to one thing and one thing only, which is authenticity. It's why Americans want to be able to trust their news sources. It's why Americans want to be able to trust whatever we're talking about here. It's why I think so many of you have migrated away from places like Fox, like CNN, like MSNBC, and why you are here. And I appreciate you being here. A reminder to subscribe. Thank you so much. I want to go out to comments right now because I'm looking at all of you here. So many people, gosh, we, we're up to now 1,600 just on the live stream. So it's one. Wonderful to see that. And Michael, I will. I, I'm recognizing a familiar face here on the platform. Michael uh, Peltier, thank you. I, I will keep up the pressure. Like this is this is very important to me. I'm I'm saddened. I really am by how corrupt everything feels and seems to have gotten. It disappoints me to have to talk about an indictment of the first son. It disappoints me to have to show you bank records from the first son. It disappoints me that the guy didn't have the decency to, to register as a foreign lobbyist. He didn't have the decency to declare his income and pay his taxes while his dad's out there telling us, oh, we got to pay more. Pay your fair share. Well, let's start with, let's start with your own family, Joe, okay? Enough. I'm so glad you're all here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will continue the conversation tomorrow.